Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Click the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Check them out. Use promo code T20Cordimus. That's right. Redcon1.com. There's nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I'm Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard round the world. I'm Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry. I'm John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boys, Davy Crockett. I'm Lee. Coming to you from the DTOM studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon, this is Don't Tread on America. And I'm your host, John Q. How's everybody doing out there today? It is Friday, October 21st, 2022. <sighs> made it. We made it through another week. Congratulations. Whew. All right. Guys, I just want to uh, send out a big thank you. Um, the numbers are looking really well uh, as we continue on with this, um, our Bush Crime Family series. Um, I really hope you guys are enjoying these these things that I'm bringing you because um, I really have no idea what the hell I'm talking about no, I'm joking but anyway um, <clears throat> I think we're gonna jump right into it today I don't have much riffing and bullshitting to talk to you about so um, right you're welcome uh, before we do so I want to remind you of a of our new sponsor our newest sponsor I should say to the show, and that's uh, Christian Lawson Watches. Check them out at christianlawson.com. Use promo code DTOM at checkout to get 30% off your purchase price. That's D-T-O-M. And uh, also, like I said at the beginning of the show, uh, redcon1.com, promo code T20. Cordimus, hopefully... We can keep doing the things we're doing. We can grow this show and get more sponsors that um, that you guys will partake of. A um, couple other things too. Uh, make sure you check us out on social media at uh, Don't Tread on America on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and on uh, Twitter at DTom underscore seventeen seventy five. And if you want to follow me on the Twitter machine at PCGC underscore 1775. And um, don't forget our website, dontreadonmerica.com. You can leave messages on any of those platforms. Um, if you subscribe to our website, you will get updates and, uh, you know, uh, nude pictures. But um, <clears throat> more importantly, guys, 
whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, please share this with your friends. Share this with people that you think would be interested by this. This isn't just a regular series that we're doing of shows uh, complaining about Biden and gas prices and taxes and you know whatever else. It's it's this is a a twist on the things that have already happened. It's our history. Um, but these people that are involved in the things they've they have done and are doing translates to today. We we have a blurred blurred sight of Republican and Democrat, and we think if you're a Republican, then Democrats are bad, and if you're a Democrat, Republicans are bad. Um, and for the most part, all these people are the same. They just have a different letter. And I'm not even just talking about presidents. I'm talking about senators, congressmen, governors, local situations. Um, you really need to do your research. One of the best tools that that we have at our disposal is um, is the internet. You know, some sometimes obviously it can be used for for evil and bad intentions, and surely the people that operate a lot a lot of the websites and and stuff you'll find are are part of the agenda, so to speak. So you really have to do your digging, and you're not going to find. For the most part, a lot of your truthful content is going to be from independent journalists. It's going to be from off-brand uh, journalists and sites and stuff. And you, and it might not be NBC or Fox or or a commercial coming up on YouTube. It might not be those things. <laughs> I'm going to talk right over this thing, so whatever. And <laughs> it might not be your traditional media sources. Because we don't know that those sources are giving you the truth. They're giving you the historical truth, the, the Wikipedia version, the, the uh, as I say, the history is written by the winner version. You've got to look at the alternate versions. And then try and look at multiple alternate versions and put those, those things together. So why, as a Republican, which I'm wavering on that that term or that phrase, as far as myself is concerned, the reason I stay a Republican is for voting purposes in the state of Florida. You, in order to um, be a part of the primaries, you have to be registered either a Republican or a Democrat. So if I was a independent or a libertarian. When it comes to the the primary, so if you're trying to pick who you run want to run for governor or president or whatever, you might not have that choice until the final voting in November. And I don't want to just do that. Um, I want to be a part of all the process. So, therefore, I will stay registered as a Republican as long as that is the case. But... um why, as a Republican, did I choose to go after the Bush crime, the Bush family? And why did I label all these shows the Bush crime family? And this is part four, and I'm not even saying this is the final chapter. 
This is a book being written on the fly. Um, we're going to go into more shows about the Bush crime family. I'm going to link subjects around them. So they will be titled the Bush crime family. And it will be a subject matter. And this will this will go on for a little while. I'm not saying this is the new show. It's not the Bush crime family uh, podcast. This is Don't Try It on America. We're going to talk about other stuff. It's just in digging and looking into this family, I found so much shit. It's it's astonishing. And this is where I'm talking about. I've been a Republican for as long as I can recall. And I never was a Bush fan like Reagan, President Reagan. And then George Bush was vice president. We didn't know anything about him. Back in the 80s, it was like there was no internet. You know, you didn't know anything all the stuff I'm telling you, I had no clue about 40 years ago. You know what I'm saying? As you start to read this stuff and dig into this stuff, and it starts to make sense. And we joked. Well, I don't want to say we joked. We kind of half joked on our Deton files, the JFK assassination, where I was talking about George Bush being in Dallas. Because we have pictures of him in Dallas. You have never heard that. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying you've never heard it. It's not like it was breaking D-Tom news. But I would say the the bulk of the people listening to the show have never heard George Bush's name in conjunction with JFK assassination. I guarantee you. Why? That's how powerful this this um, family is. And you don't think about it. You know, I don't think of the Bushes as being like that. That's just how crafty they are so <laughs> it's it's that's why it's really been percolating as i've done this research and you can find all sorts of stuff and uh and i still go back to 2016 in in the uh election when uh, trump won be as I've done, I guess I should say it like this as I've done research on the Bush crime family, and we've talked about how the Clintons are part of this, the Clintons are a branch of the Bush family. Uh, Obama is a branch of the Bush family. We will get into that down the road. We will get into both of those. We'll do a Bush crime family, uh, Obama, we'll do a Bush crime family, the Clintons, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm telling you, the branches of this tree are like a Lambreth. And um, in 2016, it was supposed to be Hillary or Jeb, period. All the other people running for president that, that year, whether it be Democrat or Republican, they were just names in a hat. It was going to be either Hillary or Jeb. That is why... You saw the reaction from both sides when Trump won. When Trump beat, won the um, Republican nomination, people lost their shit. Go back and look. Go back to the, um, the debates, the Republican debates. Just kind of highlight it. When Trump won the Republican nomination... Look at the reaction on the Republican side. Then, I think the the powers that be were still like, okay, well, we still got Hillary, so it doesn't really matter. It was going to be one of the two, so whatever. And then when she lost, 
They didn't, they really, I really think the powers that be didn't have a clue that people would actually vote for Trump. I mean, I'll be honest, like I've told you guys time and time again, when when I, when Trump Trump was initially running, I was like, that's, that's a joke, that's a gag, that's never going to happen. You know, I didn't even waste my vote on him in the primaries. I voted for Ted Cruz. Um... <laughs> But when it came down to him or Hillary, I sure as shit was not not voting. And I definitely wasn't voting for her. Because when we get into the Clinton family, you'll understand what I'm talking about. But um, when he won, they realized, oh shit, we really underestimated his appeal to the American people. And we were called names. And we were called stupid and smellies and deplorables. And... Uh, when 2020 came around and uh, Biden and Trump was running, they weren't going to make that mistake again. That was not going to happen. They were going to do whatever it takes to make sure Trump was gone. On You know, because even with four years of bullshit that they kept throwing at the man with Russian collusion and whatever else, and even to, to this day, they're still throwing shit at him because they know he's going to run for president. Why is he such a danger to them? Whoever them is, Clintons, the Bushes, Biden's just a pawn. He's nothing. Um, he's just good old Joe. That's the only reason he ran for president. Whether he runs again remains to be seen. But at this rate, the only thing they can try and do for Trump to not get him to run is to indict him, to, to get him convicted of something. Well, that's even. Will that even stop him? Probably not. But point being is this: you can't help but open your eyes to the fact that there's something going on. Now, if anyone that is a diehard Democrat is listening to this, which I have to believe is not the case, if you know of somebody that is, please, I implore you to have to share these series of shows. The Kazarian Mafia shows, the Bush Crime Family shows. Please share these shows with them. Tell them to listen. You have to listen. But those people, if you ask people like this on the street about Trump, he's guilty, he's a crook, he's a criminal, he's done this, he's done that. How do you, how, why do you think the Mar-a-Lago stuff's gone away? Because there's nothing there. It's a big shit burger. So now they're focused back on January 6th. It's, it's always going to be something. So, any objective observer with the barest awareness of the contemporary history should be able to readily trace the rise of this powerful movement that has taken control of the reins of power in the United States. The most blatant Initial historical record is when Prescott Bush and some of his buddies tried um, to entice General Smeldley Butler to muster enough of uh, his World WW1 uh, veterans to take over the presidency of the United States in 1933. And then again in 1942. That was just a year after 
um, the U.S. joined World War II. So Prescott Bush was, was responsible twice for trying to overthrow the presidency. This is the same thing this January 6th stuff is about. And this January 6th stuff was nothing compared to what these guys did. Prescott Bush and his same cabal in their drive toward fascism were finally forced by the Trading with the Enemy Act to determine to uh, terminate their extensive business dealings with Hitler. So that was the banking, the George Walker uh, financial hub, the Loeb, Harriman, Brown, all these people. They were constantly still doing business with the Nazis, with Hitler. And um, it was like no, bu no bubbles, no troubles type thing. After World War II, this American branch of Nazis didn't lose the war. They just transformed the battleground. They expanded their connections with Hitler's intelligence networks from the war into the formation of our own CIA. It is also the same group that um, President Eisenhower identified as the military-industrial complex in his dark farewell address to us. So I, I, I was when I was reading this stuff, I was like, so let me look this up. So I'm going to play this, um, and uh, you, you uh, take a listen here. The imperative need for this development, yet we must not fail to comprehend its grave implications. Our toil, resources, and livelihood are all involved. So is the very structure of our society. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. So what he was referring to then was um was me he was referring to me now so that was in 1961 as he was leaving office just prior to jfk taking office so what are you talking about okay so he's talking about george hw bush okay he's talking about the military industrial complex so after or prior, I should say, to World War II, there was no such thing as the CIA. Okay? Those entities didn't exist. There was no such thing as NASA. Okay? Those things came about after World War II, after Operation Paperclip. So, you know, after that speech, uh, George H.W. Bush um, sat on a boat named Barbara. I don't know where he got that name, but anyway. Offshore and directed the uh, Bay of Pigs fiasco. Now, why how, Why did Bush do this? Of course, he was part of the CIA. He was part of the, the initi initiation of the CIA. As, um, let me turn this down a little bit. It seems a little loud. <laughs> As a directed <coughs> consequen consequence of that largely unsolicited action, <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Kennedy banished him and his CIA brothers from his administration. 
albeit only temporarily, as George H.W. Bush, then an active CIA agent, was later photographed in Daly Plaza that sunny November day in November 63. Uh, and I believe in the picture he was dressed as a policeman, oddly enough. So here's a situation where Bush, a CIA agent, was part of the Bay of Pigs fiasco. Kennedy knew this, banished him, okay? Um, so <laughs> Kennedy was already in bad graces with Bush. Bush's buddy was also Alan Dulles. So these names are all familiar to you. Um, from FDR to today, the Bush crime family and their fixated core of corporate fascists have, using unbridled corporate power, been tightening their grip on the throats of American political, legal, economic, and media systems. As the, <clears throat> as the following excerpts from the Democratic underground so well outlines, a pocket of history of the Bush organized crime family line. So, we'll break it down. Hitler's angel, Prescott Bush, and his Wall Street cronies helped finance the arm of the Third Reich. We talked about that on the last show. Some continued trading with the enemy even after Germany declared war on America until Trading with the Enemies Act was, was in, you know, emboldened upon them. Um, the Bay of Pigs. Bush, the oil man and his Cuban and Mafia friends raised hell in Miami, New Orleans, and Houston. LBJ called their organization a regular murderer's ink in the Caribbean. November 22, 1963, Dallas. George D. Morin's child, the a white Russian geologist, is friends with both uh, Lee Harvey Oswald and George H.W. Bush. It's a small world. As coincidences get bigger, almost 40 years later, FBI memos surfaced that how uh, detailed how George 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 Bush fingered a oh hold on keep reading fingered a young conservative that day of the assassination, and the Mr. Bush of the Central Intelligence Agency clearly cleared the anti-Castro uh, Cubans in Miami days later. Hmm, interesting. Vietnam. Okay for poor kids to fight in a legal war started over the phony Gulf of Tonkin incident. Just as long as W, the drunken coke whore, dim son destined to become president someday, or the rest of his rich frat brothers don't have to go. Meanwhile, uh, H.W.'s rich friends became very, very, very rich. Thus, the military-industrial complex. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, I told you guys the other day my throat, I have issues, so I'm sorry for all this. Let me take a drink real quick. Uh, Alright, on to Watergate. Now, this is just a timeline of the Bush family, primarily George H.W., our 41st president. Watergate. So, I talked about this, I think, in part two. Watergate, Nixon was willing to throw anyone and everyone to the wolves except for George H.W. Bush and the Texans because they'll do anything for our side. Uh, would murder qualify as anything? I think so, especially seeing how Nixon got the Ziggy and Bush ended up in the clear. 
Now, what does that mean? Okay. So the powers that be wanted Nixon to place Bush as his vice president. And uh, Nixon, knowing the things he knew about what happened in Dallas in 63, was like, uh, hell no. Because everyone that knew, everyone back in those days that knew anything about George Bush, he was ruthless. You don't think of him like that. I'm telling you, you don't think of George Bush, H.W., Poppy, whatever you want to call him. You don't think of him like that. He was ruthless. Okay? He killed, whether he pulled the trigger or not, he killed Kennedy. Okay? He... <laughs> oh, boy, I just thought of something. But anyway, he killed Kennedy. Right? Everyone knows he killed Kennedy. So, and everyone knows, like Nixon knows that he killed Kennedy and wanted to become president. Okay? So, not knowing that anyone really knew, and when I say anyone, I'm talking about the American public really knew who George Bush was. He was a CIA agent. No one really knew who that name was. He literally busted into the into the limelight in, in the late 70s, early 80s. I mean, no one even knew who he was. And all of a sudden, he's vice president. Nixon didn't want to make him vice president because he thought for sure he would get assassinated so Bush could become president. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But nonetheless, what happened when he said, no, I'm going to make uh, Ford or whoever it was who was his vice president... I think it was Ford. Um, <clears throat> he, uh, <laughs> Watergate, all of a sudden, right? Because, you know, Bush being a CIA person was able to plant. And I'm not saying that Nixon was a was a perfect angel, but I'm just saying he, he obviously had something going on enough that Bush could help that something else go on, find stuff on him, and then subsequently he resigned, Right. So, <clears throat> the October surprise. So, uh, Carter probably would have beaten Reagan. But Bush and his buddies in Intel and the military-industrial complex cut a deal with the Ayatollah to hold hostages clear through the election. On Inauguration Day, uh, they, they got to leave Tehran. A couple of weeks later, Israel starts sending U.S. supply weapons. It proves... So profitable that Ali North cuts out the Israelis and decides to sell them U.S. direct. And um, <clears throat> on to the Reagan uh, assassination attempt. Now this could have been foreshadowing from the reason why Nixon didn't want Bush to be president or be uh, vice president. Reagan survives that assassination attempt just a couple of months after Reagan is sworn in. Reagan is almost taken out, and Bush stood ready to take charge. His son, Neil, his son, Neil Bush. Now, we talked about this. I think we talked about this in our DTOM file show uh, about MKUltra. Um, Bush's son, Neil, was ready to have dinner that night with John Hinckley's brother, Scott. Odd how these one degree of separation coincidences always seem to happen around George H.W., um, Iraq Gate. Um, 
<clears throat> excuse me, just how do you think Iraq managed to run its war against Iran for all those years? Saddam had to be getting juice from somebody. So they found a low-level banker in Miami to take the fall. U.S. taxpayers floated Saddam $5 billion in loans. Meanwhile, the Iran-Iraq war is prolonged by years and several hundreds of thousands of lives are lost. BCCI International Money Laundering for Terrorists in the Intelligence Community. The terrorist's favorite bank used, among others, Abu Naidal, Osama bin Laden, Ali North, CIA, SIS, and KGB, the Reagan and Bush administrations, and friends on both sides of the aisle in Congress did all they could do to keep it open. And oddly enough, John Kerry got it shut down. Which is interesting. Another name, John Kerry. Uh, who is he? Why is he? Okay, John Kerry, we're going to get into this <laughs> in another show. I'm doing research now on Skull and Bones, um, which he was a part of along with the Bushes. Um, why, one could ask, if he went against the grain, why is he still alive? Well, I think, as we have seen, why is his political career still going? Why is he Secretary of State and now he's the, what is he, the pollution czar or whatever he is? Well, he's being rewarded for keeping his mouth shut, surely. Savings and loan scandal. Legalized robbery in the form of loans made to the political connection. Uh, mafia and intel huggers uh, on how even Neil Bush, who made millions while Silverado, uh, the SNL, he kept, or I'm sorry, he helped direct, lost billions in bad loans to Bush cronies. Never spent a day in jail. A kid from Detroit steals a pair of shoes from the mall and it's okay to shoot him dead. Meanwhile, after the bailout fixes everything, Poppy George H.W. is very, very rich and his, becomes, his friends become ultra-rich. And, it, you know, this kid from Detroit, they're not specifying any one thing. They're talking about, look at the crime that's going on in this country today. Now, obviously, crime is out of control. And you can watch the news. I don't care. Local, national whatever, and especially in your big cities, New York, Chicago, L.A., crime is out of control. And depending on what news network you watch, they're blaming it on blue states, um, Democrats, and then you get the Democrats saying, well, a lot of the crime is happening in the 10 highest uh, states with crime Eight of them are from red states, and then you'll have the Republicans come and say, yeah, but those those eight states, it's because the cities in those states, blah, blah, blah. It's just a bunch of bickering about bullshit. I guess the ultimate thing is this. you The fact, I guess, I guess you'd say it like this. The fact of the matter is this. Your DAs in these cities, whatever cities, whether it's a red, blue, doesn't fucking matter. Like I told you before, those things don't matter. It's just a pointing finger. Oh, it's Republicans doing it. Oh, it's Democrats doing it. That doesn't matter. They're all the same people. The fact of the matter is this. Your DAs are being controlled by an entity. They're being funded. We know this by George Soros. Who's George Soros? We've 
briefly talked about him. Also, something more to get into with him. But nonetheless, you've seen states stop the uh, cash bail. You know, cash bails. You've seen cities just catch and release, essentially. Why would you want to keep the crime going? Well, it takes the attention. Those low-level crimes, those things that are happening, whether, and I say low-level because obviously some of it's murder, so it's not really low-level. But a lot of these crimes that are happening, whether it's stealing a pair of shoes or shoplifting or busting up a Wawa or a 7-Eleven or even murder... It's inconsequential to these other people because it's not affecting them. The Bushes, these these people of power, these things that happen in the city, at the Wawas and the 7-Elevens, at the malls and stuff, I didn't, they don't give a shit about this. It has nothing to do with them. But what it does do is it takes the focus off of the things that they're doing. Right? It's the simple magician trick. Look over here, don't look over here. Um, Iran-Contra, a neocon Michael Ledin, um, <laughs> Monukur Kohabanfar, and Adnan Khashoggi <laughs> bend over backward to sell arms to the Ayatollah and use the profits to arm the terrorist Contras. Most of the players should be in prison, but thanks to H.W.'s uh, pardon, Remain free to roam the streets, let alone the corridors of power, and continue their terror. War, uh, Gulf War One. So, uh, George H.W. gives April Glaspy the signal to greenlight Saddam's quote-unquote border dispute and push into Kuwait. No wonder Saddam felt betrayed when Cheney ordered the extermination of tens of thousands of fleeing Iraqi constri- uh, conscripts heading north on the highway of death. Meanwhile, H.W. ultra-rich friends became ultra-ultra-ultra-rich. Yeah, so the uh, Desert Storm, we were sold as Iraq invading Kuwait because that's what we were told. That's what the news media told us. Okay? Kind of like Russia invading Ukraine. That's what we're being told. But, according to the things I've read, and the things we just talked about a little few minutes ago, we were funding Iraq in their war against Iran. So, was there a deal in place? Did George Bush tell Saddam, hey, I don't give a shit, you guys go do it, you do you. Just as long as, it was kind of like a, like I've told you before, this is a crime family, this is like a mafia, Okay. As long as I get my vig, you guys do you. You know, the crime boss, the, the mafia boss lets the people in the neighborhood, yeah, yeah, do, you do. As long as you get, as long as you pay dividends, you pay respect to the, to the crime boss, right? You ever seen the movie uh, with the people in it and where they did the stuff, right? It was crazy. No. Um, <laughs> Goodfellas, right? Anytime, uh, you know, Ray Liotta's character and, and, uh, Shit, the the other two guys. <laughs> I swear to God, when I'm not thinking, I'm going to talk about something. I forget names, but nonetheless, you've seen the movie. They do their little heist and their little things, and they always gave Polly their due, his due, right? They gave him a little cut, 
right? Whatever that number was. But Cheney, part of this situation, he's also with, what was he with, uh, Halliburton, right? Or, yeah, I think it was Halliburton. And then George, you know, all these people are, they're cut from the same cloth. So if they can screw you, they might be making money off Saddam. But if they can make more money to fuck Saddam, guess what? It's not about the relationships. They give a shit about these people. I told you that before. They don't care. It's it's a, The money is what they care about. So if they can make money off of Saddam by letting him do whatever, but then realize, oh, wait, this is becoming an international story with him invading Kuwait because what was Kuwait at the time? Just a little pissant little country south of Iraq. Who cares? Right? So... Now it's made international news. It's leaked. The stories that were being told by the the media was Iraq invaded Kuwait for whatever reason. Um, well, now there's other money to be made by your military-industrial complex. Crank up the war machines. Build some planes. Build some helicopters. Build some rocket launchers, some ordnance, and Humvees, and so on and so forth. And then we can send old Schwarzkopf over there, and we can, uh, you know, look like heroes and free, and the people in Kuwait loved us for that. Literally. You were an American soldier in that part of the world at that time. You were a hero. Okay? Um... Who cares about that as long as George Bush is getting paid and his friends are getting paid? Selection 2000 shreds uh, the U.S. Constitution. After fixing things up so that 70,000 likely Democratic voters uh, are turned away or disfranchised, the 2000 Florida election results in a tie associate uh, Justin Antoine or I'm sorry, Antonin Scalia, gets uh, the idea that maybe the GOP PAC Supreme Court should grant petitioner George W. Bush request uh, for taking the Oval Office. Anyway, someone on the D on DU, I don't know what that is, um, you won't steal elections to do good things, prophetic words. So, for those of you, I, I, I do remember the 2000, the, what they're talking about here. So, if you recall, in Florida, it was the hanging Chad situation. So, I was Gore Bush running for president. And that election was held up for, for a while before Bush was declared the winner. Um, so, this was 22 years ago, right? 20. So, I was, I mean, I wasn't a kid, but I was... Mid tw mid to late 20s, 27, 26, 27. I, I voted for Bush. Okay, yeah. Um, but I don't... I vaguely recall the whole situation. But the funny thing is, and that's probably another thing to get into. Um, let me write that down. 2000 election. Because that might be... Um, <laughs> More to do about this Bush crime. All right, let me write that down. So, um, so another situation of making sure to place a Bush in power. 
Once again, George W. was governor of Texas, but who was he? Now, by all accounts, you can see that he was supposed to be in Vietnam. Um, I told you about this, I think, in part one, where he went AWOL and never returned. But yet, that's all been stricken from the record. The Enron Energy Policy, sneering Dick Cheney, meets with Kenny Boy Leo to discuss ways of helping Enron rip off California and the rest of America. There were others there like Chevron and Exxon because they need oil too. Besides the, the ultra, 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 ultra rich can never have enough. And this is another thing about Dick Cheney. Well, he's a Republican. Well, look at, the, look at what his daughter's doing. She's a Republican. If these people really cared about the party, if we're led to believe that Republicans are Republican and Democrats are Democrat, if they really cared that things that are going on with Liz Cheney and you know the Republicans that are against Trump wouldn't be, right? Now, obviously, it's being sold to us that those, you know, are, those are your real Americans. It's not about party. It's about doing the right thing. Okay. Is it? <laughs> or are they just part of the political, I mean, Cheney? Let's think about it. Cheney? Cheney's connected to Bush. Bush, the crime family, feel that in 2016 the election was stolen from them. Or they were, they were, they were beaten. Um, but the, the, the idea of what was supposed to happen didn't happen. Now, we've alleged here that part of the reason COVID even took place was because they needed the ultimate something to, to uh, get rid of Trump. Because their agenda, we've talked about Agenda 21 and uh, Event 201 and Agenda 2030. We've talked about those things. And these guys are all part of that. Was put four years behind because of of Trump, he didn't. He wasn't going to play ball. So, obviously, Cheney's daughter probably feels some sort of way, or she's told to feel some sort of way. Nine Eleven. After ignoring warnings of outgoing President Bill Clinton, former National Security Advisor Sandy Berger, anti-terror chief Richard Clark. And the director of the CIA, um, George Tenet, George W. Bush, ignores a report titled Bin Laden Determined to Strike in the U.S. A month later, 3,000 innocent people are murdered. Two ways of looking at this. One is uh, criminal negligence, at best treason, most likely. Now, I would even dig into this a little bit further to say that maybe Clinton knew maybe there was something there and to say that George W quote unquote ignored the report um, that bin Laden was determined to strike the US I would dig into that I really wish Chris and I was would had been able to do our 9/11 DTOM files I still want to do it I mean we can do it post <laughs> 9/11 you know but I think I think we'll do I think I'm trying to get him in here hopefully in the next week or two um, to do a show and we might not make it a whole 9/11 show but it's gonna be a part of it is what I want to do because 
the stuff we have on 9-11 that includes the bushes isn't doesn't make it seem like it was just a couple terrorists and a you know with box cutters and a, and a couple planes that did this they had help gulf war ii which obviously was the aftermath of 9-11 though we got to fight him over there because we can't fight him here we don't want to fight him here we got to fight him over there right uh george w bush uh, cheney and the and most of the bureaucracy uh, made a case for going to war in Iraq, stating that there's a clear-cut connection between 9-11 and Saddam Hussein, who planned to use his arsenal of nuclear, chemical, and biological weapons on America. Uh, well, so far, the only biological weapons used on America was anthrax that came from a U.S. Army lab grown in a batch from the University of Iowa. So, it's not really odd to see how attacking... Iraq was the administration's number one priority, according to former Treasury Secretary Paul O'Neill and anti-terror chief Richard Clark. From January of 2001, the reason, there's money to be made there and power to be gained at home. I mean, that's all you need to know. The whole, that was, uh, what was that, Operation Desert Shield, we need to fight them over there. There's weapons of mass destruction. They didn't find shit. The whole point was to get rid of Saddam. Because I think Saddam knew too much. They had to get rid of bin Laden. Because he knew too much. And some would even make the argument that they're still alive. <laughs> so, so much for historical perspective. Where do we currently stand? Well, our political, legal, governmental, military, and medical systems, as well as our unions, have all been thoroughly compromised. Financially, since we are deeply in debt, mostly to China, they, the powers that be, are selling off our corporate and country assets and now simply appropriating cash to pay off their bad gambling debts in the tune of $850 billion in a bailout, our tax system and Federal Reserve banking system are beyond any controls. The demoralization and frightening middle class is being rapidly dissolved. Our worldwide rep reputation is sullied more than at any time in our history, and the value of the dollar continues to fall. Our infrastructure and environment are deteriorating while corporate and political corruption are rampant bigotry and racism while receding still covertly abound and our traditional news sources have become cheering profit centers for the administration and our voting processes are at best unreliable not the healthy picture of progress and hope that used to be the norm prior to the 60s before someone started killing off the kennedy brothers and dr martin luther king jr this may sound like a broken record, but the recent election is truly going to be a critical to our survival of a democratical, democratic way of life. And thus the world perhaps should, be, should begin to think of the individuals that supported the Bush administration as bloated, self-absorbed, and out of control addicts in need of intervention. Now, in an, in, in an intervention... <laughs> 
the first thing that has to happen is that the addict must be subjected to the facts of reality until their wall denial is first exposed and then accepted. The initial indication that has occurred um, is when the addict admits there is a problem and then becomes actively motivated to do something about it. It appears that the 2008 election demonstrated a growing majority of Americans thinking things are broken and want change. Now it's time to educate, motivate our fellow citizens and seek out and regain their lost sense of morality. So, <laughs> interestingly enough, so in 08, when uh, Brock was elected, that was his whole thing. Change, right? That was what he ran on was change. He's part of it. <laughs> they, they, the Bushes, the Bush crime family, found someone that was young <clears throat> young okay we can we can have a younger person uh we can have a person of color and uh he's gonna say all the right things because he did he was very charismatic he was very much um said the right words right he very much um, knew what the hell he was doing. Or, or I shouldn't say that he knew what he was doing, but he could sell the goods of what needed to be done to the point where I voted for him. Now, I will say this. In 07, I was just starting, because that's when I started getting very skeptical about um, elections and parties. And like I said, I was a registered Republican. I voted for Bush twice. Okay. Um, in 08, I just didn't care much for McCain. And I was like, ah, you know, never voted Democrat. I like the things that this guy is saying. I don't know who he is. Where did he come from? He's an outsider. That's what we need. We need an outsider. Someone that's telling the truth. Okay, he got me. Fortunately, or unfortunately, um, he wasn't a fool me once, it wasn't a fool me twice. He got me the one time, and guaranteed I didn't vote for him the second time. But the crazy thing about it is, um, <laughs> if you think about the last handful of elections that you can recall, and I can't even sit there and say that Clinton... You know, Bill Clinton was a legitimate, everything was good, and he was a legitimate guy. Because we're going to get into stuff about the Clinton family and how it ties into the Bushes, along with Obama and how they tie into the Bushes. But um, <laughs> when W was running, it was like he had name recognition. Well, his dad was president, you know, he's governor, okay, we're going to vote for him. And then everyone knew. The, the they knew that the system was fucked because Bush had really did a, a shitty job um, on top of 9-11. The only reason he got reelected was because of his 9-11 and the reaction from it. He, he tied America's emotions to voting. 
and um, <clears throat> they uh, they bring in this guy that no one really knows, Brock. He says the right words, and he got a shit ton of votes. How did he get reelected? If you recall, he gave away a lot of free shit, Obama phones, health care. He did. He just gave shit away. And then he didn't do shit his last four years. Not that he did shit his first four years, but nonetheless. Which is why Trump was elected. Um, the next step, and um, this is at the heart of the matter, is what can and should be done to correct our dire situation. It is going to take... Some very strong, passionate, wise, emotional, and motivated leadership. The emphasis here should be on motivating because our next leaders must circumvent the biased media outlets while resisting the temptation to allow older, more corrupt influences to regain control. <clears throat> Elaborating on a phrase from the beginning of the statement, there must be enforceable laws and or rules, especially in our electoral and financial systems. Even though Rove and his ilk may seem to have left Washington, we mustn't let our guard down. And that's not to, I'm going to stop here for a second, talking about Carl Rove, that's something that bothers me too. Like, I watch Fox News and my primary person that I watch on Fox News is Tucker. I'll watch here and there other stuff, but for the most part, it's Tucker. I used to watch Hannity. I'm not really a fan. I don't know what his agenda is, but he always has Carl Rove on. And once I once he started having him on all the time is when I was kind of like, I don't know about this. I don't know about this guy, this this Hannity guy. And even more so, you uh, I record uh, Carlson. I don't I don't watch it live, obviously, because I'm in bed. And then, so when Tucker ends, you catch the first minute of uh, Hannity. And he's got his little lapel pins on. He's got his Ukraine flag pin on. I'm like, okay, that's that's about all I need to know. Um, but that goes back to the, the uh, biased media outlets. Yeah, I'm including Fox in that. I'm not, I'm not saying Fox is, is exempt. They're part of it. If you notice, okay, Fox News, if you watch Fox News, how many people that were constantly on Fox News, and I'm talking about contributors or or Trump for that matter, have left Fox News that aren't going... I mean, when was the last time Trump was did an interview on Fox News? I couldn't tell you offhand. But he's doing Newsmax. Uh, and I don't watch Newsmax because you have to pay for that. That's a that's a at least on this case the cable system I have it's a subscription based situation. Um. So yeah, I think Fox. That's one thing I liked about Tucker. He seems, and I'm not saying he's not, but he seems like he's bucking the system and he's not um, a biased source. He I feel like he's speaking his truth. A lot of the other people on there are more biased. And I'm not even saying biased towards Republicans. They're just biased in general. Biased towards the, the grind, the corporation. Um, 
then of course CNN and those other left-leaning factions, you know where they lie. So, um, but even though these people leave Washington, they get on these news medias, whether it's Fox or CNN, MSNBC, whatever, and they're still practicing their nefarious deeds somewhere. Um, keep in mind that the, the thing about laws and rules is that they are usually created, modified, and put into effect after the fact. Also, be aware that it's very difficult to resist control when you don't have the money to buy food, shelter, or clothing, much less weapons of resistance. Um, if Obama is able to follow through with just a bare majority of his campaign promises, perhaps we can still miss taking a bullet this time. Now, I should say that this article was written uh, a while back. Uh, Obama had just, it, Trump had just, or was running for president. Obama was on his way out. Um, <laughs> so that's, I should have, should have not read that part. Anyway, finally, should um, we work out our ways out of this madness? One of our first imperatives as we repair the damage done should be to prosecute all of the criminal acts that this ruth ruthless group of international thugs has committed. This statement is not made with a sense of vengeance, but with an eye towards uh, setting such strong example with these individuals that they and their minions will for forever give up any future attempts to corrupt this. Our enlightened struggle for universal renewable human freedom. All right. So, yeah. That concludes part 26 of the Bush Crime. No. <laughs> of the yeah, part four. Uh, the HW version. And uh, that's going to end our show for today, folks. Look at that. Right on, right on time. Right on time. And uh, on the next show, of course, we're going to keep digging. And keep digging. And keep digging. Um, the biggest thing I've got to do is I pop through multiple articles is to make sure I don't regurgitate the same the same um, information so more than likely I'm going to look into um, the 20, 2000 election and probably jump into some uh, some George uh, W. Bush and the, we'll, we'll probably jump into the sons I guess of HW um, if there's enough there there I should say and uh, so that'll be one. And then we're going to jump into Skull and Bones on another show. So with that being said, guys, please make sure you check out our social media profiles on uh, at Don't Tread on America on Facebook, Instagram, and the Ticker Talker. You want to follow us on Twitter at DTOM underscore 1775. And if you want to follow me on the Twitter, it is PCGC underscore 1775. And, uh, yeah, check out our website, DontTreadOnAmerica.com. Subscribe to that show. Uh, don't bomb you with a bunch of crap. You'll just get updates and uh, so on and so forth. And then also, uh, please, guys, whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, please share this with your friends. Uh, subscribe to the show if you're on whatever whatever you're listening to this on 
you know where you're at. Subscribe. Hit the hit the plus mark, hit the check mark, whatever it is. And uh, that way you get updates. Um, I'm going to continuously record these shows, mainly because they're not topical to what's going on in the news today. So I can record these on top of each other and then put them out. And uh, like I said before, not to boohoo and cry, but with everything I'm going to have going on in the upcoming weeks and months, I'm going to try and get as many of these recorded as possible. That way I have them in the hopper. So when I might not feel like doing a show, I might not feel well enough to do a show, I can still schedule one of these to uh, populate for y'all to uh, listen to. Um, As like I said before, you know, this is a hobby for me. And doing this kind of stuff is really interesting to me. I'm not trying to find uh, topical stuff that happened in the news today or yesterday that other people aren't talking about. This is historical type stuff, and it takes a deeper dive into the history of different families. And uh, by doing this, uh, it interests me. Um, like I said, this is a hobby. I'm going to keep on trying to do as much as I possibly can do as long as my body allows me to do it. Um, but just know I also have to take care of myself. I, I'm not getting paid for this. This isn't a job. This is a hobby. Um, if I can make it through this next phase of situations with me, not to end on a dire note or anything, but it is what it is. Uh, I personally am not afraid of dying, uh, so I'm not worried about that. I'm more worried about my family and me dying, so I've got to do what they want me to do so I don't let them down, I guess, so to speak. (laughs) So nonetheless, my point being is this. I'm going to do as many shows as I possibly can do so I can keep the train rolling. I need y'all's help in sharing this so we can make it bigger so that when I get through all of this crap, we can really blow up. All right, guys, with that being said, it is Friday, October 21st, 2022, and I am your host, Don Q. You guys have a terrific day. And, um, you know, tell your kids you love them and your wife and your husband because you never know. never know when... uh, and death's going to come and knocking on the door. All right, you guys have a great day, and I'll talk to you again on Sunday. <laughs>